Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Musically Cogitating, a show asking and answering important questions about music, the people who make it, and about how all of that continues to impact the way that you and I go throughout our everyday lives. If this is your first time here, or if you've listened to every episode so far, welcome. I am your host, Siad Wells. Thank you so much for joining me here today. If you could go ahead and use any of the links in the show notes to review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podchasers, or Spotify, or wherever else there are podcast reviews, that would be really amazing, and I would really appreciate it. Also, of course, check the show notes. I don't have too much linked today, but there are some interesting things that I think go along well with this particular episode. Today's episode is the first in a series called or titled The Magic of Musical Places, right? And this series is about exploring the many places in which we make music and consume music. And I believe that there is um, something magical about each of these places. There's something important that happens at each of these places and spaces and I want to talk about what happens why it happens why it's important I want to wax poetic for a bit about each of these spaces honestly because that's that's what this show is is about in a way I'm just waxing poetic about things music related and I have fun so I do it (laughs) but I'm going to wax poetic and talk about what each of these spaces means for me as someone who fully believes that music and art are really important to our lives and that there is something about each of these spaces that just is is almost beyond what we can describe or say about them. So that's what this series is about. I think that each of these spaces has a bigger impact on us and our world and our culture than we think and I hope that through listening to these you'll begin to question and also to really just think about how these spaces interact with your life and with the way that you consume art and music and I hope that you will also seek out these spaces if if you wish and question how you know they inform your relationship to art and music as I said so Today, I want to start this series by talking about practice rooms and music studios. So, not everyone has been to a space that I would consider a practice room, and that's totally fine. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, like, what is a practice room, and then, of course, I think people are probably a little bit more familiar with the music studio, so I will talk about that as well, but a lot of important musical moments and things happen in practice rooms and studios and so I thought this would just be a great first episode in this series. So practice rooms. I've got a lot of opinions. I've got things to say about practice rooms, right? And practice rooms are exactly what they sound like. Practice rooms are where people go to practice. Now sure I could call this office where I'm recording this podcast, where I work, where I practice my practice room, or you can call wherever someone chooses to practice their practice room. It doesn't have to be a 
dedicated space in the way that I'm referring to it here. But I will talk about it in that way because there are spaces that are specifically designed for practicing and I want to talk about it. So that's what I'm going to do. I spent a lot of time in practice rooms and in a lot of different places. My high school, if I remember correctly, they did a renovation while I was there. And so they ended up adding two or three practice rooms. But, you know, when I was in choir in high school, we couldn't really use them to practice because they were mostly reserved for the band people. And so we just weren't allowed to use those spaces. So I grew up practicing primarily at home, which is probably, which is really common for most people. And then when I got to college, I got introduced to what it really means to use a practice room. And then you, you start to learn about like practice room etiquette and culture, which is an entirely separate thing all on its own. But that's that's something we'll get to another time. So lots of arts schools and, and by art, I mean, you know, like the performing arts, but also like the visual arts and all of that stuff have spaces for students to practice their art and practice rooms are often these sort of small eight by eight four by four yes four by four uh, rooms with either white or gray or dark walls some of them do not have windows none of them have great ventilation they all smell i've never been to a practice room that didn't smell so that's something for you and i would say that all practice rooms and i'm, I'm speaking practice rooms specifically for performing artists um, in this context so all practice rooms usually have three things they have a very uncomfortable chair that you have to sit in or they have a piano bench that is that is rickety that's making a lot of noise that 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 too is uncomfortable they have a poorly maintained music stand now trust me Trust me when I say you can tell the difference between a music stand that has been maintained and one that has not been. You can leave it there. And then the third thing they always have is some sort of piano, which may or may not be in tune. Piano tuners, I understand, are doing the best that they, they can. So again, we'll just set that down and leave that there. But those are the three things that practice rooms usually have. Now, it's common for these things to also be missing from practice rooms. The music stand, of course, being the thing that comes to mind because they tend to just walk away. People will borrow them and not bring them back. Sometimes if you're rehearsing with more than one person, you might need more than one stand. So you'll take it. Side note, in one of the schools that I went to, they actually had music stands on what I would call these these uh, metal ropes chain sort of thing so that they couldn't just walk away which was fine but also it was just a little weird so that's one of those weird things about practice rooms and practice spaces that you know is there so i just thought i would say now there's often nothing there's never anything actually inspiring about these practice rooms I mean, imagine seeing a vision of yourself as the world's next greatest singer, violinist, guitarist, <laughs> if I must. And you're in this practice room that 
smells like feet and has some light graffiti on it that has like oh Sean was here on it you know like there's nothing inspiring about that about what I just described and yet in spite of the smells and the uncomfortable chair and a poorly tuned piano magic happens in these rooms and you don't go into a practice room because you want to hang out there because like I said it is not inspiring they are not decorated for you to be in there any longer than you need to be I think they were designed so that people wouldn't hang out in them really but they were designed so that people would just focus and that they would use their time inside of a practice room intentionally because as someone who has done this a time or two there is no worse feeling than going into a practice room with no intention to practice because you don't want to just be wasting time because someone will knock on a door and be like hey you using this room are you done practicing because that's totally like a thing too is if someone just sees you there on your phone or eating lunch which you shouldn't do in a practice room they might decide to ask you like hey can I borrow this room and it's like um I'm I mean I'm I'm using the room like even if I'm not practicing I'm using it so anyway you want to go into the room with the intention of making good music so you go into your practice room it's not there to inspire you it's there so that you can improve your music in a space it's there so that you can get better it's there so that you won't get kicked out of your next lesson for being unprepared, which is, yes, very, very common. But again, another story for a different day. Practice rooms are where you go so you can experience these these really raw emotions. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen someone cry in a practice room. And it's because their art. It's because they are putting their blood, their sweat, and yes, their tears into the music that they want to create and it's just so fascinating because it's common everywhere you go if you go to a music school and there's a practice room there's somebody who is practicing for their upcoming competition there's somebody practicing for their lesson there's somebody crying because they just got kicked out of the lesson there's somebody you know hopefully receiving really great news and maybe someone checking their phone and receiving terrible news there's all of these things that you experience within this four by four ish gray painted wall space and it's just interesting you know and when you leave university you don't really spend time in practice rooms anymore because they don't really exist in the same way like yeah people can rent a studio and practice there but I think there are few and fewer places in the world where people go to strictly just practice and to get better in terms of music with the exception of like you know a music lesson or something like that Because you don't go into a practice room to perform. You don't go in there to share, really. You don't even really let anyone in the practice room with you because they're not big enough for two people. They're really meant for one person and your instrument. And there's this idea in the world that, you know, that you show your work, that you should work in public, that you should let the garage door up and let people see how the sausage is made. And... The sausage or music, of course, is made in a practice room, but you don't want to see that. You, as a person, want a somewhat polished version of that. But 
because ultimately you don't really get to see the magic like the magic of the practice room is not something that can be captured on a YouTube video or a TikTok or an Instagram reel or in a tweet like you just can't you can't you can't capture that magic it's not meant to be captured in that way and I think that's a really important part of of this the space is that yeah something happens there and no one knows what but we just know that something good happens and that eventually after a period of time sometimes years we get to see about it you get we get to hear it so people go there in these spaces to make music and you learn a lot about yourself when you sit in a room like this for you know as long as I was in college so well I was at college at least eight years so I would say that you know I learned a lot about myself in being in a practice room and there's just there's something magic about that it's there's something that happens in these rooms that's so hard to describe and it's in the same way that how writers will talk about going to a cabin in the woods with no distractions and they're just there with the intention to write well practice rooms i would say are the musicians equivalent of the writer's cabin or writer's retreat but you don't live in a practice room or at least you shouldn't and some people yeah they they do spend more time in practice rooms than others and to each their own but these spaces are just something special and they have an ambiance about them that is just not everywhere and can't really be found anywhere else besides these gray walled somewhat smelly rooms now in a similar but in a bit more polished fashion there's also magic that happens in music studios and and by studios i'm thinking recording studios so i've linked a youtube playlist of some incredible incredible studio tours um, recording studios and these places are again magical in their own way because you go there to make the music but in a different way because by the time someone gets to the recording studio there should not need to be any practice you, you don't want to the recording studio is not a practice room all right all right the recording studio is to make the music and i think that practicing unless of course you're with a group of people and that's the point practicing is usually a, a solitary activity so when you go to the music studio people are there and they are paid to be there who are on the clock and they don't have all day for you to practice or workshop ideas they are there to help you make the music that you said you would make so if you're wondering music studios recording studios they often do smell better than practice rooms so i can affirm and test to this but i also find music studios recording studios to be much more comfortable in general because the goal is for you to be there to make music and to feel good about it and to produce something that other people want to hear and that's really difficult to do in any situation much less in a physical space where you do not feel comfortable and so i think that's why these are often better designed also there's just more money put into them you know schools music schools they don't put 
a ton of money into the upkeep of practice spaces. Once they've built it, they just kind of assume that there will not need to be any maintenance and they leave them until they abandon that building and go to the next one. So more money is put definitely into recording studios because you know you want it to be comfortable and and there's also a lot more equipment in these studios so there's a little bit more maintenance and upkeep um, in that way now in some cities you can rent a personal practice room or a music studio that yes is specifically for practicing and this like i said is much more common in bigger cities where people just don't have the ability to practice and the infrastructure to practice at home like it just doesn't exist but you know you can usually find a person who owns like a big warehouse and they make these little rooms and you can rent a room and practice there and sometimes these are shared rooms so you're renting a block of time every day or every week and then some are private so they are just for you I like I said I'm in a position where I don't need one of these so I practice at home here in my office and that works out great for me but again yes if you're wondering you know where do people practice music particularly drummers and bands they do practice in practice rooms and, and they do rent them so they do they do cost money so ultimately I don't really want to think about how much time or how much time that I spent in a practice room on things that people will never hear because going into the recording studio your intention is to be there to make magic that people will hear you want to have a good um, juju so that people experience and enjoy what you're giving them but there's a lot of things that go on in these spaces that you don't hear that you will never hear and i think that's a good good thing all in all, I guess I just wanted you to know that there are a lot of places where people make music that you may never see or get to experience, and that's okay. But there's something that happens in these spaces, in these in these practice rooms, in these recording studios, where the magic happens. And you know, yes, 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 just the, the musical magic. These are the places where people somehow continue to go to be inspired in spite of the gray walls and unidentifiable carpet stains so just remember these spaces are there they're musical they're magical they're mythical they're mystical a lot of m's um but overall these spaces are important to the way that you and i make and or consume music so that's what i got to say about recording studios and practice rooms now we're at the favorite part of the show Okay, second favorite part of the show, where I'm going to recommend something for you to listen to, and that is Everybody Wants to Rule the World, featuring Layla Hathaway Common, and it was written, well, it was arranged and produced by Robert Glasper, and this is from his latest Black Radio 3 album, and this is the best arrangement I've ever heard of this song, so I, I need you to click the link to take that will take you to whatever music player you use and listen to it because this song is just so so good don't forget to follow the podcast on social media and the website sign up for the newsletter because i'll be sending one of those very very soon 
And if you would like to support the show, you can do that in the various ways, including buying a t-shirt, buying a bookmark, and purchasing a book through our bookshop.org account. So that is all I have for you today. I'll be back very soon with the next episode in the Magic of Musical Places series. Until then.